The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And hmm, what are we going to talk about today? One of my favorite topics, fasting. Oh, we're going to break some myths today. Get ready for this episode because we know that fasting is a staple in my life and has helped me to overcome so many health issues. Oh, yes, we're going to talk about fasting, all things fasting. And I have none other than intermittent fasting coach and author, Lori Lewis. So yes, get ready for this episode. But you know what? Not only are we going to talk about fasting, we're going to talk about a connection between fasting and weight management. And of course, whatever else comes out of my mind today, right? Because you know your boy's a little crazy in the brain. And that's why I always have a hack of the episode. And what's a hack today again? Oh yeah, it. what steps can you take to feel empowered about your health over age 50. So I didn't tell you that. We're going to talk about feeling amazing over age 50 as well. We got a lot of stuff we got to knock out today. And with that being said, let's welcome the expert to the show. And when I welcome Lori to the show, I'm going to break a rule. And I'm going to ask her, Lori, how old are you? <laughs> Zico, I love being asked how old I am. And I'm 60. But in terms of uh, how long I've been on planet Earth, but my biological age is 40. And I really view my daily clean fasting, my intermittent fasting schedule and eating in an eating window as my superpower. So I'll answer anything you want to know, including how old I am. <laughs> now, Lori told me to ask this question, everyone. So don't get mad at me. Okay? I wasn't going <laughs> to ask, ask this me. question. She told me to ask this question. And with that being said, my follow-up question is, can people may say your biological age is 60, but uh, your chronological age is 60, sorry, but your biological age is 40. What does that really mean? Mm, there are a lot of ways to test that, but I went to a, a, a wellness center in Costa Rica called Blue Spirit, and they have a longevity center, and they put me through all the tests. And the most um, indicative one is the health of the cellular health and the health of your mitochondria. And um, the doctor looked at the clipboard and looked at of the all the numbers and looked at me and she said, you must be an intermittent faster. I'm like, how can you tell? And she said, because you're a hundred percent burning fat that like through that particular test, you know, so everything from blood pressure, you know, all of it, they put me through the ringer and uh, the number came back 40. And what's cool is I said to her, could that even get 
younger, like as I age chronologically, could my biological, like next year, could it be 35? And she said, yes. So I'm doing a little bit more cardio, not strenuous, but to improve my cardiovascular fitness and doing things like holding my breath and so forth. But intermittent fasting is my superpower for sure. So you hear that, people? Anti-aging. This is the real anti-aging stuff. This is why I love to talk about fasting, right? And then it's not just fasting because we're going to throw a whole lot of stuff at you as this episode goes along. But let's break out and just kind of tell the audience about that then, Lori, right? What are the benefits or say possible benefits of intermittent fasting? Well, I want to say first that I am a purist when it comes to fasting. Okay. So I, uh, follow Jen Stevens regiment. She wrote a bunch of fabulous books, but the New York Times bestseller is fast feast repeat and the clean fast is plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee, plain unflavored bitter black or green tea plain unflavored, you know, electrolytes and minerals and your medication as prescribed. So I follow the clean fast because I want all the benefits. Okay. I want every healing, deep cellular benefit, lowering inflammation, boosting immunity, normalizing blood pressure, normalizing blood sugar, keeping insulin low, healthy thyroid. I want all of it. Hair growing faster, wrinkles, you know, and scars disappearing. So I know it sounds too good to be true, but the human body is designed to heal when we're in a fasted state. It's a lot like sleep. It's required. We just didn't know it. And so I take the 24 hours in a day and divide it in two parts, my clean fasting hours and my eating window and I, again, fast clean, I just rattled through the, you know, what that is and some of the, the health benefits, but I, um, want people to know that the length of your fasting hours and the length of your eating window is a hundred percent customized for you, your goals, your current fitness, the health markers that you might need to move, um, your work schedule, your fitness schedule. It's all customized. But the most important thing is that it be customized to what has you feel really well, reducing stress, reducing inflammation, feeling bright and sharp and focused and amazing. So here I am at 60 and I'm not on any medication. I have no aches and pains. I can stand up and sit down without, you know, saying ouch. (laughs) So... I had, I've, I've had discussions because I just turned 40, so I'm not as amazing as you. Well, we're the same age. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I know where I am um, biologically, though. So, you know, a heads up. Um, But yeah, but, you know, like I've talked to people a lot of times and people look at me and say, I can't believe you're 40. And I tell them, I, they say, like, I think you're in your 20s, which I, I'm pretty confident that biologically that's around where I am, even though I haven't tested it yet. But you know, I tell people, I said, one of the things, fasting is one of those things that's helped me to look the way I look and feel the way I feel and recover the way I recover. I don't, like you're saying, I don't have aches and pains. Um, I've worn a CGM and we were talking about this before where I wear the CGM and I realized that when I, because I've trained my body to burn fat, when I, um, when I'm not eating, my body still raises its glucose levels naturally. I don't get, I don't get hangry in between my meals. Like, that's right. Because of fasting, right? 
So it is a very important thing. But then this is my issue. And the issue is not with fasting. Like I talked about today about juicing. My issue isn't with juicing. My issue is not even with a carnivore diet. My issue is not with keto. My issue is this. Us. We as human beings are traditionally stupid. And we look at stuff like fasting and we'd be like, oh, now I, no, let, let's, let's start fasting. Let's only eat four hours a day and see how, you know, and that's going to help me because I hear Lori and Zico said, this is amazing. That's not what we're saying. Okay. That's not what we're saying at all. We need to understand, like you said, it has to be individualized for each person. If you've never done it before, you want to take the right steps to get there. So then my question is yes. backing off here, Lori, is to ask you, explain to a five-year-old, right? What really is fasting and how, if they've never done it before, which I know, I hope a five-year-old doesn't fast. I was going to say, I wouldn't tell a five-year-old, I'd say eat when you're hungry, (laughs) but let's talk to uh, anybody over 19. How's that? I was going to say, explain it as if you explain it to a five-year-old as well. (laughs) I knew it. Sorry, I kind of said it wrong. (laughs) So, or explain it like you explained it to me because apparently I'm a five-year-old. Um. Explain it to like how how what how, what steps should you take if you've never done it before? Here's how I tell everyone to start, and I mean everyone except for a woman who's pregnant or breastfeeding. Otherwise, I'm talking to everyone. Even if you're type one diabetic, talk to your doctor. You'll gradually reduce your insulin. I mean, it's okay. So, everyone, look at your day today. And decide what time you'll close your eating window today. Meaning, when will you have your last meal? And when could you, what time would that be? What works for your day to then after you close your eating window, drink plain water. That's what's available to you after. And you get to decide if you're a late eater and or you like to stop, you feel better, you know, going to sleep on an empty stomach, then close your eating window at 530. I don't care. So you decide. So whether, let's say, what time today are you going to close your eating window, Zico? 7 p.m. is my perfect time. I realize that with my body, if I cannot eat past 7 p.m. Beautiful. Other people are like, seven, that's when I start eating. Okay, so everybody gets to decide. So right now, everybody out there in your mind, be like, I think I will close my eating window today at Boom. Now set an alarm for yourself. It's like last call. <laughs> okay. Then you're going to drink plain water, go to sleep, wake up, drink plain water, have a black coffee. If you like coffee, people are like wailing out there, black coffee. All you're going to do is add 12 hours. So for you, Zico, it's like 7 p.m. You add 12 hours at 7 a.m. At 7 a.m., I want everybody out there you know, you've added your 12 hours, whatever time that is. And I want you to ask yourself at that time, if you're actually hungry, if you are, go ahead and have your breakfast, have your candy coffee, you know, have your coffee the way you like it, but add that, do that 12 hours. But when you ask yourself if you're hungry, if you're actually not, see how long you can go. But it's really important to not go so long that when you do decide to eat, that you just open the fridge and shove everything in. Okay, so we're taking it gradually. We don't want anybody to get hangry and take, you know, your blood sugars. So go gradually, add 12 hours, see how you feel, have a meal. And then people are like, well, what am I supposed to eat? Here's the awesome thing. Eat normally. 
It's like, what's that? What, what do you normally eat? <laughs> so eat normally. And I do things a little backwards. I coach people to establish an intermittent fasting schedule that feels like your sweet spot. I mean, that is your jam. You feel so great. And that takes about a month. It takes just a few days to feel better, but it can take about a month to really settle in and figure out what feels really good to you every single day. And then what will happen is your body will start talking to you and informing you of the food it would prefer you eat. And it'll come kind of quietly and gradually. You may lose interest in some things that right now you can't imagine losing interest in, or your body might start saying broccoli. And you're like, I hate broccoli. And your body's like, well, you like it now. <laughs> you know? So we start with fasting first. We lay this daily clean fasting eating window foundation and do that first and have it be gradual and be really good to yourself. This is not the fasting Olympics. <laughs> Follow-up question. You know I'm going to have a lot of questions for you, Lori. So we could talk please, all day long. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just going to be throwing I'm, all these curveballs here. So just look <laughs> out for me. I'm, I'm a pitcher on the Braves now. I, I got you. I got you. So then we're talking about 12 hours, right? So from 12 hours, I mean, I, mean, I fast way into like 10, 11 o'clock. But, you know, for you're starting off 12 hours, right? Do you, for someone who's a sugar, who primarily is a sugar burner or someone who's primarily a fat burner, do you, in the beginning, do you guys see a difference as far as how long they can go when they start to fast? Well, most people are not fat burners. It takes being an intermittent faster. And less, now people who are hardcore keto will argue with this, but being a daily intermittent faster gets you into fat burning four times quicker than eating the ketogenic diet. So um, and that's based on research at Stanford and Johns Hopkins and so forth. So you let's explain to people who don't know the difference between being a sugar burner and a fat burner. I like to look at it like uh, you're not like a hybrid car where you're kind of skating between the fuel sources. Your body pretty much uses its fuel in a linear fashion. It starts, you know, the food you last ate, the sugar in your blood, then the stored sugar called glycogen that's primarily in your liver. And when you start keeping an eating window and fasting clean, your body is fueling on the sugar in your blood, just like your continuous glucose monitor is showing you. And then when that starts getting low, the body starts screaming, feed me. Except when you're metabolically flexible and you're a daily intermittent faster and your body knows how to move through those fuel sources, glucose in your blood, stored glucose, which is glycogen, and then it shifts into fat burning. But most people have never allowed their body to get that far into the fat burning state. But within, I don't know, depending on how long you're fasting each day. When a person begins, if you shift, if you gradually go from 12, 12 and a half, 13, move up to 16, if you settle into 16 hour fast and an eight hour eating window within the first few weeks, you will start to become a fat burner. So congratulations, you'll then be metabolically flexible and burning fat. And that is where 
Um, there's an awesome intermittent fasting coach named Diane Parham. Parham. I really re- uh, respect her a lot. She says that that's when the magic happens. <laughs> that is now. You just touch on another topic that I love to talk about. Actually, is my favorite topic before fasting because fasting is included in that topic, which is metabolic flexibility. One of my areas That's of right. expertise, one of the things I talk about a lot. And you're 100% right about intermittent fasting and how it helps with metabolic flexibility. The problem that I come across, though, is for people, and again, it's us because we're the morons. We're the ones who decide, hey, you know, I'm just going to fast forever and just start burning fat. But their body, they, they don't have enough lipase to really burn fat the way they're supposed to. So they're not metabolic flexible because we're amylase dominant as mammals in the first place. And then the diet that we eat makes it even worse. And then the fact that we don't fast, that adds on to that. So what I'm saying is because of our lifestyle and our biology, we primarily burn sugar more than anything else. And you know, you know Snickers say, hungry, get a Snickers. If you have to get a Snickers when you're hungry, you are a sugar burner. Your body doesn't know, hey, I'm out of glycogen. Let's start burning fat. No, your energy level drops. You feel terrible. Remember, Lori, we talk about every week I do a dinner to dinner, 24 hour fast, right? Dinner Wednesday, dinner Thursday. I feel amazing. Some days I'll do cardio twice. I don't weight lift on those days and that's for specific reasons, but I'll do cardio, slow, um, slow, like zone two cardio on those days to promote fat burning. But, and that's a different conversation for a different day. But, but that's the thing, metabolic flexibility, being able to move from, okay, you burned up the sugars, you burned up the glycogen, the stored, the stored stuff. Let's now move into burning fat for energy, which is the sweet spot. That's why I always oh, call my show so the man, the, the a weight management show. You know, I don't say weight loss show because I can tell mm. you to cut your calories and you lose some pounds. But when your meta, when your metabolic metabolism is flexible, you can then manage your weight so well. I told somebody the other day, I, I said to him, because he said he's tried everything, he can't lose weight, right? And I was explaining to him, I said, dude, I'm 40 years old. There are times of the year that I bulk. There are times of the year when I cut. And it happens like that. Most people my age cannot do that. Even people in the bodybuilding industry struggle to do it when they start to get to my age without assistance, right? But when you are and your metabolism is flexible and you really understand that, it changes your life. And I want to drive it mm. home for anybody who want to lose it. We're going to talk about it more when we get into the, the tips with intermittent fasting and stuff. But I want to kind of like pique your interest. If you're really thinking about your health, but also long-term weight management, you have to know the role fasting plays. And with that being said, Laura, I know you had some stuff and I was rambling for a long time. So what do you have to say? It's so inspiring. And, you know, it's human beings. I think it's funny that you're like, boy, are we dumb, you know, but we we uh, are so creative and inspiring and have a, a, a fabulous brain, but we don't always use it <laughs> too well. And one of the, the ways that we don't use our brain is looking out ahead and treating ourselves in a way now that will reap amazing benefits later. And there is a big movement for longevity. I understand that, you know, people like, wow, I want to live to 120 or beyond. But what I find is that most people just want to feel better today. It's like, you know, I don't care about 60 years from now. I feel like I feel horrible today. People are really dragging and have poor energy, and they just want to feel better today. And what I have found is the most counterintuitive method for feeling better today 
and living longer is to have an eating window and to fast clean and eat later in your eating window. And and as you said, have that be customized. And I have to say, I love your fasting and eating schedule. The fact that you fast for 14 hours every day and you eat in a 10 hour eating window. And then one day a week, you go dinner to dinner and you do a 24 hour fast. You're getting the deep cellular repair of autophagy. You're keeping your insulin low. You're keeping inflammation low. You're boosting your immunity. And your brain is fueling on ketones and you're getting into fat burning because you're consistent with that. Uh, once you're metabolically flexible and fat adapted, usually around the 12 to 13 hour mark each day, you are shifting into fat burning because you've already used up those glycogen stores. So every day you're burning fat and you're eating a ton of food in your 10 hour eating window. You know, so Lori, it's you, like I applaud your schedule. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm gonna say, you know, if you store and with all these muscles that I have, you know, I might be storing a little bit more glycogen than a regular person. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, just but yeah, but sir, that, it does help me a lot with my health. I'm not gonna lie. It really does help me a lot with my health. But I, I do have some follow-up questions though. Are we talking about mm-hmm. fasting that I think would really be beneficial to the audience? Good. Because we talk about breaking the fast, right? And in the beginning, you say, Well, you know, I guess eat how you quote unquote would normally eat. But what do you find to be so more success, successful in most cases when it comes to breaking fast? Because some people say break fast with maybe like a high, a medium, high fat meal, high protein and a little bit of carbs or what? What are your thought process there? Well, I like, as I said in the beginning, for people to stretch a little bit, go a little farther than you think you can with your fasting, go a little longer today, maybe ride a little hunger wave. You'll realize you're fine once you get through the 10, 20 minute hunger wave. And then at some point you're going to decide to eat. That's when you open your eating window. And like I said, in the beginning, slow down, don't shove the whole fridge in, slow down, eat normally. But pretty quickly, people discover that they don't feel so well opening their eating window on a whole bunch of ultra processed food, you know, grab and go food, snack food, that what feels really well, and we actually do want to feel better, is to open your eating window for most people with a little fat, a little protein, a little veg, you know, on a bed of greens or a small amount, especially in the beginning of fat protein and vegetables. It could be an egg, it could, you know, could be half an avocado. It could be some, you know, a whole variety of things fit into the fat, protein and, and greens or other vegetables category. And then what's the next component or factor to pay close attention to is what we call satiety, which is the feeling of feeling satisfied, like, huh, hunger is gone. I ate enough. My body's good. I'm not stuffed. But that's what it feels to be satiated, satiety. So we eat enough in a culture as a, as a society, you know, that we, most people just eat on the run, eat in the car, eat in front of the computer, grab and go. And grazing is inherently not satisfying for the human animal. We're not a grazing machine. So the next step would be to really put a little food, your break fast, you can eat breakfast at any time of the day, uh, breaking fast and um, have that be fat protein and some veggies and see how you feel just a little bit. 
and stop eating when hunger is gone and carry I on know. about your day. <laughs> I love that because when I was uh, when I was new to fasting, that was my issue. I could never really. I've read all these books, but I was trying to figure out what worked for me, and I couldn't figure out like you know what 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 should really work. I did. I didn't know. I I knew not to do processed foods because the first time I tried, I felt like crap. So um, so I but I knew that. But then it was. But eventually, I kind of figured out a system where I would eat like a pretty high protein meal. Um, with so I know always have vegetables with it along with some complex carbs. And that's like my breakfast meal, right? So even on my 24 hour days, when I have that last meal, I have that breakfast meal. I guess where I was going, I was going with that too, is a piece of people know if you're fasting, you try to promote fat burning. You don't want to throw a bunch of sugars or stuff down your throat when you're trying to break your fast. That's one of the worst things you could do. So just be mindful of that. But I think a more balanced meal. And when we think of a balanced meal too, Lori, I mean, honestly, we know that a balanced meal can slow down your blood sugar by up to 85%, sometimes even 90%, right? Because it, that's the right. protein there, the fiber that's there, um, the fat that's there can slow down the production of the carbs that you've eaten. You know, that's one of the tricks with my clients. I tell them, I say, look, if you're going to have that cake, it's your birthday. I get it. You know, we're all human, right? Um, but just that you know, if you're going to eat it, eat it after a complete meal. Not saying break yes. your fast cake. But I always tell them, eat it after a complete meal because your body can deal with it better. So that's a tip from your boy here, you know, just to let you know. Um, but so, I, but I underscore to... that. I'm going right. to even interrupt you and say, yes, yes, yes. Eat real food first if you're going to eat refined sugar. <laughs> exactly. But if you're going to break your fat, I love to say this, if you're breaking your fast, try to stay from refined stuff as much as possible because your body starts to feel so much better. You got to get the benefits mm. of autophagy and all that stuff. You don't want to interrupt that with some nasty crap from the store. Like you want to eat good, wholesome food after your fast. Oh my gosh, you feel like my 24 hour fast. I always tell people the next day, I feel like a new person. Like I feel amazing. Like, I, I but I don't think you do people, that. I don't think most people should do a 24 hour fast until you've gotten to the point to where you are metabolically That's flexible. right. But that's, that's, right. that's something you should aim for. Actually, it wasn't my idea. Ben Greenfield started, was talking about it on his podcast a lot. And, but that time I wasn't ready. And then about six months later, I was ready. And then, you know, boom, I got into it myself and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know where this, well, I don't know where this has been all my life. Right. So, mm, but, I love that. And, and I think we have the same approach, which is be good to yourself, be gentle. This, you know, I, I view intermittent fasting. It's not a punishment. It's a replenishment and that your spirit, your joy over how well you feel, and then your desire to eat what we call window worthy. You want to eat food that's window worthy. It's your precious eating window. Why would you put horrible stuff in your body? And what's so cool is that fasting allows for that clarity and that discernment, that enthusiasm over wholesome foods. So that's why in my coaching practice, we lay the foundation of a clean fasting schedule so that then that brings out the best in your athletic performance, your cognitive, you know, if you want to, if your work performance is important to you to be focused and productive, then intermittent fasting makes that better. Intermittent fasting makes every facet of your life better. If you want to be a nice, patient person with your children, like <laughs> you name it. Um, it's, I know I sound a little, a little, um, overzealous and people are wary of something that sounds too good to be true. But the reason this sounds too good to be true is because it actually matches 
the design of the human body. Human beings through all human history have survived and thrived in conditions with no food. So evolutionarily, we're meant to pause from food, heal, replenish, restore our bodies. And then then we're so lucky we live in a society where food is plentiful. High quality food is plentiful. And we just can save it for later for that eating window and have the best of everything. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I mean, you're, that's a good point. I mean, we, we may sound overzealous, but, but we're not selling our product. We're not right. telling you to eat this and do this. We're telling you to do what your body is designed to do and do it safely. So I just want to really hammer that in. And with that being said, before we move on, I have to talk to you about one of my favorite companies and one of my favorite products. Yes, I'm over there else again. There we go. I'm talking about Perform, right? Because Amino Co, of course, they use that Perform and Heal. And their products are built on amino acid technology, which was first funded by NASA and then further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. See, a Perform is an, it's an EAA product, right? Essential acid essential amino acid-based formulation designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery times. Now, what I personally love about Perform, because of course I wouldn't recommend anything if I don't use it myself. I drink it as a pre-workout and it has essential aminos, creatine, and caffeine. And because the essential aminos and creatine are there to help me to bang through my workout, I I don't need 300 milligrams of caffeine to and to get a good workout. And you know your boy goes hard in the paint when I'm in when I'm in the gym, right? So each I think each serving is about 60 milligrams. And not gonna lie, I usually double up and go 120, but that's all I need, and I have a fantastic workout. Now most pre workouts out there. They don't have essential aminos. They don't have creatine, which is important for your muscles while you're training, right? And then they have a lot of sugar, artificial, natural, all these flavors, all this stuff. So basically all, and then they have 300 milligrams of caffeine and all this stuff, which is too much for your body. It's not good for you, right? So think about Perform, which has that particular formulation. And remember, EAAs are the end products of protein. So it's not like we're just injecting something in there that's completely new and it's foreign to the body. It's really when protein is used, is broken down, is broken down into aminos and also creatine is used in your body as well. So I love it. Check it out. And I always read these trials whenever I talk about them, right? Because um, in the trials, there were 20% increase in exercise completed, 22% increase in endurance, 11% increase in peak performance during exercise and 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. So why am I bring that up again? Those now for everyone, the trials may look different, right? But I have seen a huge difference. My clients have used it. have seen a huge difference. My friends even messaged me and tell me how they've seen a huge difference in using it in their protocol. So check it out. The website is aminoco.com. So that's Eco Health. You get 30% off perform and also heal, which is not a product I use for intro workout or even for recovery. Absolutely love it. And of course, I'll make sure that the website is in the description of the podcast below. And with that being said, Lori, we're moving on. So we're back to you, right? Weight loss, because this is the hot topic. It's been the hot topic forever. 
right? And I know we're going to talk about fasting, but before we even talk about that, what's this, what's the root cause of the struggle what, what most people have with weight loss? Well, people, we've been duped to believe what seems to be logical, which is the calories in, calories out theory that if we, C-I-C-O, if we eat less and we exercise more, it makes perfect sense that we would then lose weight, except we are, we have dieted our way into obesity in this country and, and many other countries. So what is, what's that all about? So weight gain and weight loss are actually a hormonal matter. And the a number one grand granddaddy hormone um, regarding weight loss is insulin. And when we are consuming not only nutrients, but food flavors, we're keeping insulin high and high circulating insulin coupled with inflammation are the underlying causes of all metabolic diseases, which is are really handicapping people in our society. So when we consolidate our eating to an eating window and we give our body this metabolic rest, hormonal rest, digestive rest, insulin spiking rest. Insulin isn't just the the blood sugar regulating hormone. It's a fat storage hormone. And so when insulin is high, we can't burn body fat as fuel. And that's the whole point of body fat is our body's storing it for someday when there's a famine, except there's no famine. And so we want to consciously, deliberately put our body into that fasted state so we can keep insulin low, tap into our body fat for fuel, fuel our brain on ketones, a little bit of glucose, and um, ward off Alzheimer's, reverse type 2 diabetes, balance out your thyroid hormones, and so forth. (laughs) So one of the myths is that people think that Fasting is a chronic stressor. They're like, oh, well, cortisol will keep the stress hormone high, which then prevents weight loss. No, no, no. It's not, you know, exercise raises cortisol and then brings it right down. What we don't want is chronic stress. So if someone's chronically stressed, we need to implement stress management tools like journaling and walking in nature and listening to music and dancing and meditation. But the stri- the small stress that fasting uh, puts on the body is very short lived and doesn't cause a chronically elevated cortisol. I want to talk about the stress a little bit because Good. I've have, um, I've talked to thousands of people on this particular topic because uh, I've had people who come to me and you know they've used different things to, to test their metabolism. And they will say, or they even will test their cortisol levels and realize that it does rise. And sometimes it rises quite significantly during fasting. Mm -hmm. So I've had to sit down and talk to them and I have to look at their lifestyle. And if you don't burn fat well, and this goes back to my initial point when I was talking about people who just start to fast and just don't eat for, for 15, 16, 17 hours, that's a, that's an unnecessary stress you're putting on your body that your body is not prepared for. And that's the issue. Again, the problem isn't fasting. The problem is us. And the problem is the things that we do, right? 
So if you if you work with a coach, for example, like Lori, who understands how to properly begin the fat begin your fast and walk you through your fast, so you're getting the actual benefits of fasting without starving yourself. That's one thing. Breaking your how you break your fast, all that things, all those things play an important role. I've had people who've come to me who have wrecked their metabolism without taking me months to get their metabolism mm-hmm. back on track because they did OMAD. Again, I don't necessarily think OMAD is bad. However, the issue is that if you've eaten a what normal meal, whatever you want to call it, all your life, and then you decide, oh, I'm just going to start eating one meal a day. That's horrible for your body. Your body is not prepared for that. And that's the stress that we're talking about. So then we go back and say, oh, mad is bad. Fasting is bad. No, no, no. Again, the problem isn't the fasting. The problem is us. I want, I want to really bring that mm-hmm. home from my audience to understand that the implementation piece is extremely important because once you have the theory and you know what you should be doing and then you meet implementation, you hit that sweet spot. Right. And that's when the magic starts to happen. Again, my 24 hour fast. When Ben Greenfield first talked about it, it took me months upon months upon months upon months to get there because my body wasn't equipped to do that. Mm-hmm. But once I realized it was easy and because I kept pushing out my fasting window. And once I got to that point that it was easy, then I actually look, I'm not lying to you. I look forward to of my course you do. Hour fast. I, I get more work done that day. I have mm. more energy. My, my, my coworkers and managers have always said to me in the past, they're like, happy fasting day. Oh, they know they I love that. Really do. <laughs> and, and they know they ask me to do something that they don't, that I don't want to do. They would rather ask me on the day that I'm fasting <laughs> than the days that I'm not fasting because I'm happier on those days. Like that's the uh. magic of fasting if it's done properly. So again, apologize for my rant. Well, actually, no, I don't apologize for my rant no. because I want people to be very aware of what we're talking about here. And with that being said, let's move on to the next question, right? So let's talk about feeling amazing and living longer, but not just living longer. Let's talk about health span because you're 60, but you're really 40, right? And we explained all that already. So let's talk about health span. What are some steps to help us to feel awesome as we get older, age 50, so on and so forth. Well, I um, <laughs> I was lean and fit and feeling my very best in my early 40s. I mean, I was on the top of my game. And I started to uh, not feel well in my mid-40s, but they don't send us to biology class for older women. They don't, they, whoever they are, <laughs> you know, we don't talk about menopause. And... Um, so I didn't realize that perimenopause, which is are these years of transition in a woman's body um, and hormones, would, could start in my early to mid 40s. And in fact, for many women, it starts in their late 30s. We just didn't know it. So I was just suddenly not feeling like myself and had to kind of on my own piece it together. And because people don't talk about it and every woman's experience is different. So I went through about five years of not feeling so great. And when I went into menopause, which means a woman doesn't have her period cycle for a full year, I suddenly gained 50 pounds, five, zero. Now, I didn't do anything differently. I was already a healthy, clean eater for 25 years since my late 20s. And so 
nobody, including myself, people were like, how could you suddenly gain so much weight? You, you're the healthiest person we know. And I'm like, I know. So I struggled for about four and a half more years. And the thing was, Zico, that it wasn't just the weight gain. It was brain fog and memory loss. And I was aching head to toe. I was in pain head to toe. And so that scenario, my story, um, kind of speaks to what 50% of the population, women, <laughs> are going to experience at some point in their lives between 40 and their early 50s. And then for 100% of people, we are all aging. And unfortunately, in our society right now, we think that it just is how it is that it's all downhill from here. And we're just going to get achier and foggier enough to start taking more and more medication. And so the beauty of being a person like you are, who's 40 and a person at any age and looking ahead and imagining that it actually is possible to feel better and better as we age and not worse and worse. I think I'm living proof that that's true. And so for myself with the weight loss piece, I gradually inched up as I, I have recommend for others. And I settled into a 16-8 schedule. So 16 hours of clean fasting and an eight hour eating window. And pretty quickly for myself, I felt like that I didn't need that much food because when your body's burning body fat for energy, you're focused and bright and productive. And then at some point it's time to eat. And so I shrunk that to six hour eating window. And then after about six weeks, someone challenged me to a 20 hour fast. And I, and let me tell you, there's a big difference between 18 hours and 20. <laughs> I was like, so by that time, though, I had learned the difference between my body giving me hunger alerts and actual real hunger. Intermittent fasters know the difference. We know the difference between kind of riding a little hunger wave and having it go away and the body's communication that it must eat now. We know the difference. And so when the body must eat now, guess what? We eat you know, it's not, <laughs> there's no pressure. There's no, you didn't fail. You, you know, you actually get more gold stars when you actually listen to what your body is communicating to you, paying close attention, having this beautiful communion with your body, reverence for your body. So I've found that intermittent fasting not only has us feel better, but we have a much more beautiful relationship with our body and the food we're eating, and this incredible time that we have on this planet. So life gets a lot better. It can get a lot better as we age. And I do find fasting to be very important with um, females that go through perimenopause and menopause. It's huge. I've had huge. Um, other experts on the show that talked about it right, with their particular experience, like you mentioned as well, and how it's helped them along with other lifestyle cha um, changes and hacks that they've used to get themselves to where they are. So that's an amazing share. And thank you for that. But before we wrap up, let my audience know it's time for all your shameless plug. How can we know about your work? How can we get a hold of Lori? How can I be 40 at age 60? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love, I have clients around the world. I am the luckiest person and I get to talk to people on practically all the continents. And so, you know, someone might think, 
why do I even need a, a health coach or a fasting coach? Well, we've built up a lifetime of noise in our heads and challenge and human beings can feel very motivated one minute and frustrated and demoralized the next. And so having a person to walk alongside you and steer you and applaud how you're doing awesome can be really, really helpful. So I work with people typically for a year is a, is a coaching agreement and people can find me at fast forward wellness. So I, my business is called fast forward and my website is fast forward wellness and they can read about the kind of work that I do and you can write to me and tell me how you're doing. You can also download a free quick guide that will remind you of those steps that I indicated of how to start. And I truly love it when people write me and say that they started and they've never felt better or they've started and they feel really well, but they've hit, you know, a road, some roadblocks and happy to answer questions and even get on the phone for a quick consultation if that's helpful. There we go, everyone. So the website is uh, fastforwardwellness.com. So, but of course, the show notes going to be zikahealth.com slash fastforward. You know where I'm going with that. So when I lower on for part two, it's going to be zikahealth.com slash fastforward two until yes. we get to a million and we just kind of run this, run this thing into the ground. So, okay, okay. Of course, I got to say that the show notes are going to be in the description of the podcast. Make everybody's lives easy too. So get all the wonderful information that you need. And with that being said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Get interested in fasting. And we're out for the day, fam. Thanks for joining the Matter Over Mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.